Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go. Amen, because you realize that one of the most significant things about coming to church, I realize that we get into a time frame. Uh, sometimes we're like looking at the clock as to when we need, need to get out of church. But how many of you know that it's just important sometimes just to take the clock off the wall and say, God, we want to worship you. God, we want to hear from you. And so obviously we come and we worship God and we give. But the Bible says there's a spiritual law that whenever you give, you also receive. And so our praise... Our worship sets the platform for the Word of God to be ministered. And therefore, the Word of God is God speaking to us. And so, therefore, when it comes to the Word of God, we ought to get really excited about that because God's getting ready to give us some instruction, give us some answers of things that we've been thinking about and asking about. In fact, this past Wednesday, we were talking about some things. And just as I began to teach a, a, a couple of minutes, uh, one of the guys that was there says, I was on the mower today cutting grass, and I was asking God that specific question. And here, all of a sudden, you start talking about that. How many of you know that God knows how to get answers to you? And oftentimes, it's through the local church, it's through your pastor, it's through the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. And so, uh, we're going to continue along that line today, preaching on this series and teaching on this series that we've been calling Churchy Words and More. And so, how many of you know there is a vocabulary to the kingdom of God? There's churchy words within the, the church world, if you will. And it's not for the sake of being religious, but it is for the sake of understanding how God communicates. And when we get on his wavelength, then obviously we get the results that he desires for us. Amen? And so, I'm going to begin with sharing something with you. I'm going to take a minute to get to our topic, but there's kind of a a lead-in that it's going to take me a minute to get there. But again, I will tie in some things concerning Father's Day in regards to the message that we're sharing with you this morning. But uh, how many of you know that Moses served as a leader to Israel? Not only did he serve as a leader, he served as a pastor, but he also served as a spiritual father, Right? And so if you recall the story of Moses, God instructed him to lead God's kids and lead them into the provision and the promise of God. And the ultimate uh, destination was the promised land or Canaan. And as they were uh, uh, traveling or heading there, um, the Bible says that Moses didn't listen. And therefore, he said to Moses, he says, uh, there are going to be those that do go into the promised land, and Joshua is going to be the one leading them, but you won't see it. And so the day came when the transition of leadership was going to take place. Moses was going to depart. He was going to go home to heaven. And Joshua, his spiritual son, was going to take the leadership to lead the people of Israel into the promised land. Now... Joshua then became the leader, became the pastor and the spiritual father of the nation as well. But isn't it interesting, and this is a biblical principle, to the degree that a father leads and mentors and sets the example, 
the descendants or the generations behind will exceed and go further, whether that's good or bad, right? So Moses led them to a place of knowing God, trusting God, walking by faith, and then it got to a point where he had to step aside, and the next one in the line took him to the final or to the destination that God's desire is, right? So my point is this, is that as fathers, as parents, wherever you are with God, your children have the opportunity to exceed and go further and know God better than you do. Amen? Now, with that being said, the Bible tells us that Joshua began to lead the people, and they had begun to live a life of living by faith and and trusting God along the way, and God did tremendous miracles in their life, uh, uh, in, in their journey. But then as they came to this place called Jericho, God says, I'm going to give you this city. This belongs to you, for I have given it to you. Now listen to what God said. He says, I'm going to, I have given it to you. They haven't even stepped foot inside of it yet, but God has already declared, I have given it to you. So then the Bible says that Joshua sends out two spies to spy out the land, and the king finds out that they're going spying out the land and that Israel is coming. And so the king sets out ambushments to find the spies, and the spies end up hiding in this woman by the name of Rahab, and she's a harlot. And uh, they hide in her house, and she puts them up. They come looking for, for them there, and she says, I don't know where they are. They were here, but they're no longer. They've long gone. You better hurry up and try to find them, and you could probably catch them. But all the while, they're there. But after the soldiers leave, Rahab says to the spies something that just caught my attention. Notice what it says here in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, starting in verse 9. Now again, this is tying in with the concept of being a father leading by example. And to the degree that you lead, you will leave a succession or you'll leave a lineage of a family trusting and knowing God. It says this in verse 9. And she said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitation or the inhabitants of the land are are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard, everybody say they've heard. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Shehan and Og, whom they utterly, or whom you utterly destroyed. And verse 11 says this, And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted, neither did they remain or more courage in, any, in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Verse 12 says, Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by your Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to me or to my father's house. So here's what stood out to me in that particular story. Here, these people have been led by a spiritual father. And therefore, 
God did tremendous things in their life and they show up in a land to a place where God says, I've given you the land as an inheritance, as a promise. This belongs to you. And the people of the inhabitants begin to hear about the people of God that are coming and it says that their heart fainted and melted in terror because they knew the faithfulness of God. Now let me just ask you a question. If men's heart can fail them, if a people can get in great terror simply because they've heard of the stories of God, how much more does the devil, who has been there firsthand, cast out of heaven, the one that was there thinking that he conquered Jesus, took him to hell, but found out that which he plotted to do really was falling into the hand of God. And therefore Jesus on the third day rose from the grave and, st and took the keys of hell and conquered over death, hell, and the grave. If men's hearts can fail them for having heard about the goodness of God, how much more us that know Jesus when the enemy comes to attack your life and you say, let me remind you. Let me remind you of the goodness of God because you were there. You didn't just hear about it. You took part of it. You saw it and he whooped you. So let me just remind you again. You talk about a holy terror and fear that melts the hearts of man. It causes the devil to tremble and shake upon you putting it in his face. So there is no promise of God that is exempt from you if you'll believe it because He says, I have given you this land. And the promises of God, He says, I've given you. So, once again, a spiritual father helps take a people into a deeper knowing and relationship with God. So once again, thank you, dads, for raising your kids in the house of God. Thank you for having your kids in church. Thank you for going to church and being a mentor and a model. Thank you for being men of God in your home that isn't hypocritical outside of church, but they see you walking the walk and talking the talk at the same time. So thank you for being those men helping your children and the next generation know God more. But what also can you show them and what is it that they see? Well, the Bible says that in, uh, in Joshua chapter 6, they were going to possess the land of Jericho. But God says, now, I'm going to do something different in this particular scenario. This particular city is fortified. There's never been a city like this before. The walls are thick. They've got chariot races going on the walls of the city. And this is a, this is a city that is very well protected. But I've given it to you. He says, now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and march around the city for six days. And he says, now, listen to my instructions very clear. As you march around the city, he says, for once, once a day for six days, as you march around the city, he said, keep your mouth closed. Don't say a word. Don't utter a sound. Be quiet. I think that was a greater miracle than them possessing the city. Oh, and I've been walking around this city wall for, oh, dear God, don't you know it's hot? Don't you know they're up there mocking us? Don't you know they're throwing tomatoes at us? Listen, he said, shut up, 
Be quiet for six days. March around the city. And on the seventh day, he says, now you're going to march around it seven times. But on the seventh time, he said, they're going to blow the trumpets. And when the trumpets blow, you let out a shout. You shout for I have given you the city. So, when they started coming up onto the seventh time, you can just imagine that, man, it started to bubble up on the inside. Oh, we're coming around the corner, and as soon as we hit the corner, ooh, it's number seven. They hit the corner, the trumpets blow, and they start to let it rip. And, man, can't you just imagine that as they began to praise God, it began to intensify. And the more that it began to intensify, they began to see the walls start to shake. They began to see the dust start to float in the air. They began to see uh, uh, rocks and bricks begin to fall out of their mortar and all of a sudden they begin to cry out all the louder and the city came down and they possessed the city because God had said I have already given it to you amen so our churchy word that we're going to talk about today is praise or praise words because once again it's important for us to know how to praise because there are things that all of us face opposition and there are things that the enemy is opposing you day and night in fact i'll say it this way there are people that you know god will just speak to you about within your church and there are people that you know it's just like you can see the call of god on their life you can see that God wants to use specific people. Not that he don't want to use everybody, but I'm saying he wants to use people. There's, there's anointings and giftings on their life. And you're like, man, God, I know that you want to do something with that individual. And it seems like without doubt, without hesitation, it's always that individual that the enemy messes with the most. Ah, uh, yeah. You fell for it again. Well, why is that? Because the enemy knows that God puts something in you to create damage within the kingdom of darkness for the glory of God. And so we've got to learn how to face the oppositions that the enemy throws our way, whether it's a mountain, whether it's a fortified city, whether it's sickness or disease. We've got to know that God says, I've already given you the promise. Now, how is it that you receive it or cause it to come to pass? Well, once again, in Joshua chapter 6, we get a clue or get a key uh, 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 principle, if you will, and that is to lift up our praise, lift up a shout, because God is faithful to his word. Amen? So we're going to look at some of these churchy words, if you will, this morning. Because once again, in looking at these churchy words, it's not a matter of being religious, but really it's a matter of taking on a kingdom vocabulary for seeing God do what he said he will do. Now there was a, there is a friend of ours, he's over in uh, New Mexico, his name is Terry Matthews, he's just a really fun guy. And we were in a meeting with him, oh gosh, it was last January. He comes and he'll do some of the special music for Pastor Mark's meeting in January in Tennessee. And he'll get up there and he'll begin just to praise God. 
and he'll begin to lead us in songs. And there are times that he don't even have the words to the songs yet, but it, it, they'll come to him as he's praising God and he's leading us along the way. And it's really fun. It's kind of like off-the-cuff freestyle, if you will, God, God's way, you know? And then he's up there, man. He's just, man, he's just, oh, praise God, glory to God. I mean, he's just free in his worship. And I'm looking at my children, and I looked at my oldest daughter because she's a little more reserved, you know, and I says, wouldn't you love just to be that? free just to whoo don't care what somebody thinks and she's like uh-uh. <laughs> but, but my point is this is that he just loves to praise god and so if you go up to him and you say you say to him how are you doing terry he'll say hallelujah praise god amen hallelujah praise god amen say what he'll say hallelujah praise god glory to god hallelujah amen and he'll, he'll just spit it out there and it's almost funny how he does it but when he does it what he's actually doing is that, and he says it fast, but really he's actually glorifying God. He don't do it to be funny. He's doing it to be serious. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. Well, what's he doing? He's lifting his voice. You're asking him how you're doing, and he says, well, let me tell you. How many of you know that you could, every one of us could say, how you doing? Well, you know, let me just tell you. How long do you got? I don't really feel good today. I'm kind of tired. You know, my husband and wife, they're just not acting right. The kids, they just need to be slapped. You know, the, the, the bank account, you know, it could have more money in it, you know, and there's such, such the laundry list of things to do around the house, you know. I, how much time do you got, you know? But no, he's not going to look at the natural and tell you all the woes. Oh, yeah, church is doing real bad. You know, it just seems like after this COVID thing, man, there's uh, so many people don't come, come around, finances are down, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you could, you could give the boo-hoo story, right? But he's, when you say, how are you doing? He says, hallelujah, glory to God, praise the Lord, amen. He's choosing to magnify God in the moment because there is obviously in all of our lives mountains fortified cities that need to come down right and so for instance again i said that there's those churchy words if you come around church you might hear me say these things uh you might hear me say well glory to god praise the lord well why am i doing am i doing that just to be churchy or to be religious no it's become part of my vocabulary and sometimes i i try to i, I try to uh modified if you will because i realize that there's oftentimes people that are unchurched or maybe they're just coming to church for the first time but i'm telling you what man if you was to just hear me uh talk normal well praise the lord somebody tells you a good report glory to god somebody says something amen well why are you doing that are you doing that just to be religious no you're doing it to give acknowledgement to god when we're in church if i ever said to you can somebody say amen? Yeah. Well, the word amen means to be, to, to me, it means so be it. So when you're preaching the word and I say amen, you're like, so be it. If I say praise the Lord and you say, well, praise the Lord. What are we doing? We're, we're exhorting one another, but exhorting God in the house of the Lord. So it's not a matter of being a pair or being religious. It's understanding that we are magnifying and praising him. The word hallelujah, it is a Greek word, but the word hallelujah simply means praise to the Lord. But it also means this, to praise the Lord with a loud voice. Hallelujah! Glory! You might say, well, that's just not me. I'm kind of quiet. I'm going to tell you something. If God gets on you, 
or if you get in the presence of God, or if you have to wait till you get to heaven, I'm going to tell you there's going to be a time where I find you, and I'm going to say, it sounds like you're getting awful loud. <laughs> oh, when you're in heaven, you're going to be like, glory to God! Wow! Right? Why? Because of the goodness of God. Amen. And so, once again, as we begin to lift up our praise, you'll find that there are certain words that you can use or that you might use. And once again, it might seem as though it's weird. And the only reason that it seems weird is because it's unfamiliar. But you can learn the vocabulary. And isn't it interesting that we can be around church folks and simply because it's unfamiliar, we can think it's weird, but there is so much other vocabulary out there that we don't give a second blink to or think that it's weird, right? And there is a vocabulary of the spirit and there's a vocabulary of the flesh, right? Uh, well, I won't ask you to raise your hand. But how many of us have ever used curse words? Well, why do you use a curse word? Well, you're certainly not doing that to glorify God. Well, where did it come from? It came from the flesh of a man. Well, let, let me just give you an example, all right? I'm going to use the word sugar. Everybody can put the interpretation on sugar, right? You know what, what I'm going to mean when I say sugar, right? Okay. So, let's just say, for instance, you know, you're doing something and, you know, you smash your thumb because you're, you know, you're, you're building something and all of a sudden you say, oh, sugar! It's just like, that just sounds weird. I mean, why did you just scream that word? I mean, you got to go to the bathroom or something? I mean, well, why did you use that word? But, because the, the verbiage... The vocabulary is something that has been customary or something that we've heard and been bombarded with, with media and, and, and relationships and, and, and radio and whatever else. Uh, we've heard the vocabulary. And whether you're a person that curses or not, man, if you've been around it long enough and you get and put in a position where you're angry or get hurt, you, you just might find that a word comes out and you're thinking, dear God, where did that come from? It came from your flesh. Right? But once again, you hear those curse words and you don't say, boy, that, that just sounds weird. That's weird talk. But if you say, praise the Lord, what are you, one of those Jesus freaks? That's weird. It's not weird. It's just what you purpose to hang around. Do you purpose to hang around people that are fleshy or do you purpose to hang around people that are spiritual, Right? Is anybody getting what I'm saying? And in fact, uh, when we went on vacation a couple weeks ago, there were some teenagers. They probably only had to be 16, 17, 15, 14. There was about half a dozen of them. And they're in the water swimming. And I'm here with my son in the water. And, and they're just letting the words fly. And there's adults all around. Now, when I was a kid, if there was an adult nearby, I, you would never hear me use a curse word in front of, a, of an adult. But man, they're just letting the words fly. And I happen to glint, glance at my son, and my son is watching him, and he's got this look on his face like, what are you doing? Why are you talking that way? And it made me laugh because he's observing these young boys thinking, you're young, and you're talking that way. Almost kind of like, you guys are weird. And what's the matter with you? <laughs> right? 
Why? Because he's not used to that kind of vocabulary. So vocabulary or words or churchy words are trained or they're learned, right? And so when it comes to being a person that speaks from the flesh or speaks from the heart of a man, you have to give attention to that. So you'll have to either... Uh, you'll either be trained by your flesh or you will have to train your spirit. Now, when you're purposing to train your spirit, what you're actually doing is training yourself to be conscious of God. So as I'm driving down the road, my kids will often hear me in the car. I'm not having a conversation with them. We're not talking or nothing's going on. There may not even be the radio going. But my kids will oftentimes hear me say, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, what am I doing? I am purposing to keep my spirit conscious of God. Oh, praise the Lord. Am I being religious? No. I'm just being aware of Him. Praise the Lord. Are you tracking with me? So you'll have to train yourself to be conscious of Him. Notice what it says here in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will direct your paths. Notice what he says. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. If I never spoke to my wife, she could easily say, You don't ever acknowledge me. Right? He says, acknowledge me in all your ways. So by me, just simply, God, thank you. God, I praise you. God, I love you. Hallelujah. What am I doing? I'm acknowledging him. Notice what it says here in Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, speaking of God concerning us, he says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Oh, doesn't perfect peace sound good? Oh, but perfect peace is conditional. He says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. So when my mind is stayed on God, I'm not being churchy when I say praise the Lord. No, I'm purposing to keep my mind on him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Right? Now, uh, once again, you, you have to take that in consideration. You know, you're not going to simply go somewhere in the middle of... You know, you're not going to go into a courtroom and say, well, praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know, yeah, you look weird. Because, again, you understand the audience that you're around. But, man, when you're in the house of the Lord, man, we're with family. God's here. Well, I'm a little bit shy. No, listen, you just need to learn to let it rip. And once again, you might say, I'm not accustomed to saying those kind of words. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I understand. I understand. If you're not familiar with speaking Spanish, the first time you start to use some Spanish words after you learned a little bit, you might second guess yourself. Am I using the right words? Am I using it in the right context? But the more you do it, the more familiar you get. Hola! Como esta? I don't know what I just said. I just know the Spanish words. I think, oh, that's hello, isn't it? But anyway, the point is this. The more you start using churchy words or praise words, it will become part of your nature. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I worship you. Oh, Father, I praise you. God, you're so good. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Oh, you won't be intimidated or squeamish by using that kind of vocabulary. It will become part of your nature because you have given place to it. Amen? So the Bible says this. It says to walk in the Spirit and to live in the Spirit. So once again, I'm purposing to give place to that part of my being. God, I praise you. Now, once again, just to illustrate the fact that you have a voice from the flesh side of you and also a voice of your spirit, there's often times that you will speak in some of the most unusual manners. For you guys, I can guarantee you that at least one guy in this room, probably D because he's a big Detroit Lions fan, I can almost guarantee, if I was a betting man, I would bet the bank that D has watched the Detroit Lions and in the middle of his living room has streamed at the TV, catch the ball! Right? I mean, who is he talking to? Does he think that they can hear him on the TV screen? But everybody in the household said, oh, that... That's just Demetrius. He's just hollering at the TV again. How weird. Come on, right? It's weird. Screaming at the TV. But you respond from the flesh. Now, once again, some of you in this room, you've been sitting at a street light, and there's somebody in front of you, and you've screamed out, It's green! <laughs> Hello! Right? Do you think they can hear you in the car up ahead of you? No! But you well, Yeah, you might yell that loud, yeah. My point is this. How weird is that to try to scream at the guy in front of you or three cars ahead of you, but yet you use your voice? Right? Oh, but man, when I come into church, man, it is so difficult to raise my voice and say, praise the Lord. Now, once again... You go to a, an athletic game for your children. We've got some parents that have kids in here. And, and, and just knowing some of the parents that have their kids in sports, I can guarantee you. I mean, once again, if I was a betting man, I can tell you they're probably acting like a fool in the stands because their kids are playing, right? And what are they doing? Yeah! Woo! Right? I mean, now let me ask you this. Everybody's worried about... Are you one of those churches that speaks in tongues? Let me ask you. Yeah! Woohoo! Are you speaking in tongues? I mean, what kind of word is woohoo? Can you find it in the dictionary? Woo! But yet, you use those words. Woo! Right? Are you tracking with me? You use words. And let me ask you, whether you're in the car screaming at the television or in the stands cheering on your kids, do you do it in a monotone voice? Go, baby. You can do it. I'm cheering you on. No! You're lifting your voice. You're shouting. You're getting animated, right? But we come into church and, dear God, I don't want to get too loud or animated. I mean, people might think I'm weird. They already think you're weird because you talk at the television. 
<laughs> right? Come on, are you following me? That God desires for us to worship Him. Now, let me ask you this. In regards to the children or the athletic team that is playing the sports, when the, the audience is cheering them on and there's all kinds of noise, do you think that the loud cheering helps them play better? Yes! Why? Because somebody is rooting for them, cheering them, supporting them. In fact, all the professional athletes have said this, that it has been difficult this last year playing games without the fans. That's why they do it. So the cheering moves the players on the field to give it their all. Well, if our cheers can motivate the players on a field, what do you think your praise does to motivate God when, you have said, when He has said to you, I have given it to you? Oh, praise God! Glory to God! And the doctors say, well, it's a bad, bad report. <laughs> praise the Lord! Glory to God! What's the matter with you? Because God already said He gave me a promise to be healthy and whole. Oh, the bank calls and says they're going to foreclose. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, what are you getting all excited about? Because I know my God's faithful. Come on, you can't talk me out of this. I've seen God do too many things, move too many mountains in my life for you to say that, oh, that don't work, or it just works for you. Just give it a try. Amen. So God enjoys our, pra our praise. So we have to learn the praise vocabulary. God teaches us in His Word to praise, to worship. There is a personal side of praise, and then there is a corporate side of praise. And let me just say this, that when it comes to your praise, if you don't have a personal praise, you won't have a corporate praise. But if you'll learn to stir up your corporate praise, it might spill over on your personal praise. And then you'll find that it becomes more comfortable as you do. All right? Where's the best place to learn? In family. Being around other people that don't care. You know, you get around me, you just... In fact, you get around me when you go to some meetings. When we go to our pastors at Pastor Mark's, you would think, dear God, I never saw that chubby man run so fast. Because, man, I'm just cutting a rug. Why? Because I'm, I'm going to get something. Praise God. All right, so you can learn how to express your praise in a corporate setting. Look at what it says here in Psalms 47, verse 1. It says, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Now, there's a couple different things that I'll illustrate there. But one, it says to clap your hands. Now, he's talking about, now there is the beat of the music. Clap your hands, all you people. And then it says, shout unto God. This is God giving instruction to his people. Shout unto God for the voice of triumph, or with the voice of triumph. You might say, I don't like to do that. That's just me. Listen, I want to let you know, uh, let you in on a little secret. When you praise God, your praise is not about you. 
When you praise, it's not about what you like. Well, I like country music. I like old hymns music. I like contemporary Christian music. It don't matter what you like. What does God like? Well, he might like slow songs for the moment. He might like fast songs for the moment. He might want you just to be quiet for a moment. He might want you to get loud and get exuberant. He might want you to lift up holy hands. It's not about you, but it's learning how to flow with what God's desiring. Are you here this morning? Now, once again, you know, there's the five love languages of relationships. And and, and therapists, they will say, you know, well... You try to love people with your love language. You've got to learn your spouse's love language and love them in the love language that they like, and you'll have better success and better intimacy in your relationship. And so we try to pull that same thing with God. Well, God, I'll worship you how I like it, rather than saying, God, what's your love language? What's your praise language? Oh, you want me to shout right now? Well, that's a little outside my comfort zone, but whoa, praise God. Glory to God. I'm going to lift up a shout. Why? Because that's what God's like. Oh, that's what God likes, what he's wanting at the moment. Amen? All right. So what, what it, when it comes to God, what does he like? There are different things that God likes. You'll see in him that there's the shout of praise. There's the lifting up holy hands. There's times that he wants you to move. I got to move? Did you know that the word rejoice means to brighten up? It means to leap. It means to spin around. Oh, so when you see me up here on the front row... What am I doing? I'm rejoicing. Now watch out if I start spinning, because then I just might end up running into yourself. Right? But what does it mean? Woo, praise God. Glory, glory. (laughs) Woo, praise God. That's rejoicing. There's an animation to your praise. You might say, I don't like that. I'm conservative. It's not about you. And you might say, well, when's the right time to do it? Well, if you see somebody else doing it, that might be the right time to jump in. You might say, well, what if they're one of those weirdos? Well, then just follow your pastor. What's your pastor doing? Is he bouncing a little bit? Oh, is he clapping? Is he shouting? Is he running? What's he doing? Does that make sense? You follow the lead. But God desires for us to have a vocabulary. Vocabulary is important, and it elevates, it elevates our awareness of God. Now, let me just once again, for the sake of time, I'm running out of time. I know I'm going long, so thank you for bearing with me. But here's what we oftentimes do. We oftentimes try to address God on the level of man rather rather than the place of the God that he is. What do I mean by that? The Bible says to clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. The, 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 The expression of clap your hands means to clap with the time of the music as we worship. And if you're like me, I don't have any timing at all, so I'm always off. Well, praise the Lord. But what would you do if we had a guest minister, if I said, this is my spiritual father, please welcome Pastor Mark Hankins. If I said to you, please welcome, what would you end up doing? So you would acknowledge the man with a hand clap, but oftentimes what we do is we try to worship God on the same level as man. Oh, come on, let's just give God a praise. He's not a man. Now let me give you this verse, and we'll close with this. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our what? Lips. 
the fruit of our lips. So praise, there is an expression, there is an outward manifest, or, uh, uh, an outward uh, movement, if you will. But the number one way that you praise God is with your mouth or your lips. You cannot praise God silent. You might say, well, I don't see God moving mountains. I don't see the promises of God coming to pass in my life. Well, then my question for you is, have you been sitting there being quiet, just crying about it rather than praising Him for it? Amen? So churchy words. There are churchy words praise words, but there are words that will keep our hearts and our spirits aware of who He is, especially when we come together as the people of God. So don't be bashful. When you come into the house of God, if you get a little crazy, if you get a little wild, you know, uh, Brother Hagin always used to say this. He said, I would, like to, I, I would rather have a little bit of wildfire than no fire at all. So if you get out of hand, well, we'll we, can, we can tame you down. We, we, we're not afraid of that. But I'd rather you be buck wild for God than just sitting there like a bump on a log. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. <laughs> can somebody say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. There you go. It's on your way down the road. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Cause you to be aware of Him. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank You for this opportunity to come together and learn of You. I thank You for Your faithfulness that we're growing and we're developing and we're going further in You. I thank You that, Lord, we are growing in our churchy word vocabulary. And as we do, we thank you that, Lord, your goodness is manifested. We see you and know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.